2: Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Living live, like it matters. So glad you're joining me today for your hour of power. Get your thinking caps on, get your noodle working, get your noggin warmed up, uh, because it's time to get to work. You know, we are given this thing called life. It's a gift. That's why today is called the present. Right? It's a gift. Uh, And we got to treat it like the gift that it is. And what are you doing with this thing called a gift? How are you making it matter that you were given the gift of life? Why did it matter one iota that the God of the universe resuscitated you and gave you mouth to mouth the breath of God (sighs) breathed into you? What are you doing with that breath? What are you doing with that life? How about this one? What are you doing with that trauma? What are you doing with that pain? Right? Because God causes all things to work for the good. All things. Not some things. Not the just things. Not the fair things. Not the right things. Not the good things. Not the bad things. But the all things. And today I want to talk about the values and the norms that we consider customary. Right? Isn't that fascinating? What is customary? This is important. See, because the reason we're getting what we're getting today is because what we're doing. Remember that smart guy Einstein? His definition of insanity. Remember that one? He said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. He says that's just crazy, man. You're el Pollo loco, a crazy chicken. Right. The flip side of Einstein's coin is this. If you don't like the results, change the approach. As you change the approach, you change the results. See, in my training, the first night I tell people uh, that, listen, I'm going to give you a piece of information. Listen carefully. One thing I've learned in 30 years of going deep with people in the psyche, their emotions, their heart, body, and soul, is that the reason why people are showing up the way they're showing up in my class, is because that's how they showed up before my class. See, the way people respond in my training is exactly the way they respond in their personal business life. Only the faces and the situations will change. See, in my training, you see people holding back. You see people mocking things. You see people uh, belittling it. You see people uh, expecting other people to listen to them, but they won't listen to other people. They're hypocrites. And they struggle early on. They wonder why are they struggling. It's because... The way people respond in my training is exactly the way they respond in their personal business life. I take away control, and I throw things at them just like life does. And then we learned you can't control what life throws at you, but you can control how you respond to it. You cannot control what happens to you, but you can control what happens in you. You cannot control the cards that life deals you, but you have absolute control over how you play those cards. It's your control. So today I want to I go into creating a vision for your future. There are three questions a leader must consider when dealing with vision. Where am I now? Where am I going? What will it take to get there and how long? And by questioning ourselves, we keep our focus on what we want and what we are doing to move toward that, quote, thing that we want. And today I want to pose a question to you. How's that working for you? I don't know about you, but it seems like we're going back in time. It seems like we're going backwards. It seems like we're becoming this racist country, and we've moved so far away from that. And now we're going full circle. We're back to being racism as long as it's the right kind of racism. See, ladies and gentlemen, at some point you've got to realize that we are getting exactly what we're getting because of what we're doing. And if you don't like what we're getting, then we're going to change what we're doing because it's absolutely crazy to think that you can keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Even God said in the book of Isaiah, I think it's 43, that God's doing a new thing. See, God's about a future. That's why, where my hope is. The enemy of this world is all about your past. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's reminding you of all your shortcomings. It sounds like you. It might sound like a parent. It might sound like a, um, a, a former mate or a, an abuser or a bully. It might sound like a lot of things. You know, when I tune into what's going on in my head, I ask myself, is that me? Is that God or is that the devil? Because only one of the three has any value, but in my head, they all sound like me. And guess what? In your head, they all sound like you. So you're going to have discernment. Cheap know the shepherd's voice. If you've known anybody for twenty years or longer, if they're in a room with a whole bunch of other people and they call out your name, you know what? You're going to hear them because your ears attuned to them. And so you got to realize that vision is the ability to connect dots to see how things work out. And I have a firm believer that if you don't like the way things are going, start new, start fresh. That's why, as in Christ, you're a new creation, Second Corinthians, I think it's 5.17 says. And Isaiah talks about God's doing a new thing. See, God meets us where we're at, but he doesn't leave us where we're at. Sometimes you've got to start over. And I'll be honest with you, the last three or four years have nothing great. So maybe it's time to start over mentally, emotionally, psychologically. So let me share some words with you from Tatum, published about 14 years ago, called Starting Over. I'm trying to find something to base my life upon. Something in this strange world that goes on and on. As the years go by and time fades away, what used to be good days are now filled with dismay. Tomorrow comes and then again it goes, and my ambition to become something more grows and grows. Around the corner yet miles away, the life I want now gets closer each day. All I've ever wanted was something to live for. I don't want to be this little person anymore. I've been basing my life upon what others think. I wish I could go back and redo everything. Every time an eye would blink. I fought to become who I am and what I want to be. I have to remind myself that one day I will be free. Free from the rules I followed as a child when everything was a game and life was so, so mild. Now times have changed and I realize that nothing is fair. And sometimes it seems like nobody even cares. It's like no one pays attention to what I feel is best for me and what I think about the way some things should be. I understand now that I'm pretty much on my own, and I know a lot of what I can do will never, ever be known. All the time I think about everything I can't say, what I have to keep in, and by doing this my thoughts only get more complicated and deepen. Soon I hope to find out who I am and what I'm meant to become. I want to know where I'm going. I don't need to be reminded of where I came from. See, it's about where's your focus. And you can focus on what's wrong, or you can focus on what's right. You can focus on what you've done up until now that's destroyed your life, or you can focus on making today the first day of the rest of your life. See, every day is a chance to start fresh, to start anew. And today I want to question you. I want you to question you, because we're called to live an examined life. Your life has value. Anything of value is examined. It's not left alone. It's a value. It's kept up. You have great value. But it's time to take a look at what are we doing? And is it getting us to where we want to go? And is it representing us on who we want to be? And it's a machine. There's a system in place and the key with patterns is first of all you identify the pattern and then you ask yourself this question is this getting me what I want if the answer is yes you document it you make it standard operating procedure you repeat the success if the answer is no then you go back alter the pattern run the pattern re-identify the new pattern and again ask yourself this question is this getting me what I want and so today I'm asking the question How's that working for you? We'll be back after these commercial messages.
3: Leadership Awakening even impacts the season pros. Take a listen at these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings
4: Followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was gonna be, that it was gonna be difficult. I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows, I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I
3: gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to the next level of awareness, then go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, December 8th through the
0: 10th. Details at likeitmatters.net. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
1: What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group.
0: The right to the people to keep and bear
4: arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com.
2: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black and I am on my way up to Minneapolis. And uh, we start class uh, Thursday night, December 8th. Uh, and I'm uh, going to have a great class. Got 14 people in there, and lives are going to change. But you know why they're going to change? Because people are going to come in my classroom, and they're going to fake it like people do in life for a little bit. And then they're going to realize that this is a real process. And they're going to realize that there's real opportunity for change. And they're going to realize that the way they show up matters. And the reason I like to establish that right at the beginning because that's how life is. But the problem is, it's only what you make of it. See, it doesn't matter what it really is. What matters is what do you believe it is. See, this is where we go back to things. It's all about a bunch of BS. It's about our belief systems. And, you know, I love words because words are a way to structure communication. It's the way we categorize things. We organize things. If you think about it, we organize things with words. You know, what type of mate are you looking for? Uh, How was your day? Uh, What are you upset about? What would you like me to do different? You see, the, the the way we express ourselves, we call that communication. And so words are the basis of the communication, right? A picture is worth a thousand words. Uh, don't you get it? Your mind uh, tells a whole different story with pictures. A whole bunch of words come out of those pictures because words allow us to categorize, to codify what we're seeing. Don't you get it? That's why a lot of times in the Bible, when you take people like John, where they were uh, taken in the future, think about their language uh, and what they've experienced in, in uh, historical times, in the time of Jesus, or right before the incarnation of Jesus. And now they're taken of visions of end times. That's why they say, a lot, it was like a this, it was like a that, it was like this, it was like that. They couldn't explain it. They had such a limited vocabulary. How do you explain something to a, a group of people? that have no vocabulary to understand what it is you saw from the future i mean talk about deep that's pretty deep that's deeper than if a tree falls in a forest and there's no one around to hear it did it make a noise right so let me tell you something this is funny so i like words i'm etymologist all right so oxford dictionary unveils 2022 word of the year you ready for the word of the Year? Now, it's more of a phrase, but it's called the word because, again, we, we don't really care about words anymore. We just make stuff up. Goblin mode. Nah, that's, that's the word of the year. It's two words, but it's the word of the year. This is from a dictionary company, just so you know. Goblin mode. No hyphen, just two different words. Goblin mode. Ready for this? I've never heard of it. So what does it mean? Well, luckily, they tell me the first sentence. Goblin mode refers to a type of behavior which is unapologetically. Boy, there's so much just in there right there. Behavior. Repeated behavior becomes character. Where does behavior come from? Our thoughts. Where do our thoughts come from? Our past and our frames. You see what I'm saying? So goblin mode refers to a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. See, there used to be things called common sense. The Bible says, do not be a stumbling block to your brother. If I'm okay drinking alcohol, but if I go out to dinner or go out to an event where someone I know is with me that has a problem with alcohol, I will not drink, even if they say it's okay. Why? Because I don't want to be a stumbling block to my brother. I love to share my faith. But if someone's not interested, if someone's not a child of God, if someone doesn't open an access or say it's okay... I won't bring it up. God says, kick the dust off your shoes. It's like you weren't even there. So you got to know it's, human, it's societal norms that you adjust your behavior to other people. And yet the word of the year is a word that means a type of behavior which is unapologetically, that's who I am, just deal with it. That's just accept me for who I am. See, we're just animals now. That's just innate behavior. I can't control my behavior. Self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. Why do we wear clothes when we're out in public? Because we don't want to offend people. We don't want uh, people to see what they're not supposed to see. We don't want to hurt little kids. We don't, right? I mean, we, we adjust our behavior to fit in with society. That's why when you can't blend in with society, they incarcerate you. And if you can't be redeemable, if you'll never change, you stay in life for the rest of your life or you, they kill you in prison. The death penalty. You're incorrigible because you cannot adapt your behavior to live with other people in a civilized manner. And yet now we love. Why does this matter? Because this was the word that was chosen by listeners. 300,000 people. 93% of all the votes. This was picked by listener, readers now. 300,000 people picked goblin mode as the word of the year. And why? Because given the year we've just experienced, goblin mode resonates with all of us who are feeling a little overwhelmed at this point. While Oxford typically selects the word of the year internally, the organization opened the choice as an internet vote for the first time. Isn't that amazing? Oxford's word of the year last year, by the way, was vax, and it didn't pick in 2020 because it didn't feel a single word would do it justice. By the way, this is very liberal. Merriam-Webster's dictionary selected gaslighting as the official word of 2022, right? It defines a term as a type of behavior. This is the word goblin mode, which is unapologetic self. I just keep reading that. Just stunned. By the way, it first showed up the, the phrase 2009 on Twitter. And it gained popularity in 2022 as people around the world emerged with uncertainty from lockdowns made compulsory because of the pandemic. Quote, it's a relief to acknowledge that we're not always the idealized, curated selves that we encourage to present on our Instagram and TikTok feeds. In other words, we're not all fake all the time. Sometimes we're real. And when we are real, that's why they say people want to be in goblin mode. That's just stunning. People are embracing their inner goblin. This is a quote. And voters choosing goblin mode as the word of the year tells us the concept is here to stay. The word of the year is to, intended to reflect the ethos the mood, the preoccupation, preoccupado of the past 12 months. We are now going in goblin mode. We're running away from God, abortion on demand, and we're going in goblin mode. Do you see why this is not working? You play this out in the future. Matter of fact, the characteristic spirit of a culture, era, community as manifested in its belief and aspirations, you know what that's called? Ethos. Ethos. Right? That's what he said, ethos. What's changed in America? The ethos. How about this one? Let me give you an article from uh, yesterday. California English teacher teaches kids grammar is part of white supremacy. Isn't that amazing? Why does this matter? I just shared with you on yesterday's show founding um, principles. The great leaders of this country that formed this country, that people now are running and trashing these people who gave it all so that they could be here and trash the people who gave it all, Ben Franklin had 13 rules to success. Thomas Jefferson's had 10 points to live life by. George Washington, I'm going to go over this on tomorrow's show. I don't know if he memorized it or just learned it pretty familiar like I am with scripture. A hundred and ten rules of civility and decent behavior. I found this stunned. By age 16. George Washington had copied out by hand 110 rules of civility and decent behavior and company and conversation. They're based on a set of rules composed by French Jesuits in 1595. All modern manners in the Western world were originally aristocratic. Fascinating. Now, I'm not a king or a queen. I don't, I don't even like the royal family in Britain. But we do come from certain places these are interesting. These are about not eating, uh, not talking with your food in your mouth. To not take your clothes off in the presence of others or go out your chamber half-dressed. At play and fire, it's good manners to give place to the last cor- uh, comer and, affect not to speak louder than ordinary. I mean, it's just how to be respectful. When you sit down, keep your feet firm and even without putting one on the other or crossing them. Why? Because people are judging you. You've got to understand this. You're being watched. And decisions are made on your behavior. And people judge. We all judge. Who's too tall? Who's too short? Who's too fat? Who's too skinny? Who's too old? Who's too young? That person's weird. That person's a Trumper. That person's a liberal. That person... We do it all the time. Shift not yourself in the sight of others, nor gnaw your nails. In other words, don't touch yourself in private areas, in other people's presence. And today, that's one of the cool things. We walk around with our hand on our groin. Shake not the head, feet, or leg... Roll not the eyes, lift not one eyebrow higher than the other, ride not the mouth, and bedew no man's face with your spittle by approaching two men. in other words, don't get too close to people when you talk to them. Can you spit on them, Kill no vermin as fleas, lice ticks in the side of others. It may see if you see any filth or thick spittle, put your foot dexterously upon it to cover it. Read no letters, books, or papers, in company. But when there's a necessity for doing it, must ask if you must ask leave. In other words, think about what we do with our phones and texts and emails, notifications. We got people in front of us, and we tell them they're not as important as this thing. Do not laugh too loud or too much at any public spectacle. When you see a crime punished, you may be inwardly pleased, but always show pity to the suffering offender. If anyone came to speak to you while you were sitting, stand up though he be your inferior. It's called about rapport. And when you present seats, let it be to everyone according to his degree. When you meet someone of greater quality than yourself, stop and retire, especially if it be at the door or any straight place to give way him the pass. See, this is about humble. This is about humility. This is about thinking about others is better than yourself. This is about not making everything about you. This is how we are founded. This is the basis for Christ's ministry on this earth. This is the basis of Christianity. And because we did that for 200 years, we got a great country. And now over the last 50, 60 years, we're doing something different. And again, I'm gonna ask you, how's it working for us? If you don't like the results, change the approach. As you change the approach, you change the results. We were doing some mostly good stuff. And now we're doing mostly bad stuff. What's different? That's what we're going to talk about after the break. I'm Black. We'll be right back.
4: and verbalize our values.
3: To learn more from Mr. Black, the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis is December 8th through the 10th.
0: Details at likeitmatters.net decisions 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 retirement is full of them tune in to this week's money matters with alan mike the guys will be talking about some of the decisions that retirees make that they come to regret later whether financial non-financial or lifestyle decisions make them wisely because the stakes are high alan mike have solutions and strategies for you make sure you listen to money matters with alan mike 9 a.m sunday on freedom 1570 or call them now at 855-231-6010 Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted each year, leading to injuries and death. They know that if someone doesn't lawfully comply or resists, force may have to be used to obtain compliance. Nobody likes it, especially police. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Don't argue, resist, or flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now. Complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association.
1: Learn more at nationalpolice.org. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life.
2: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and we are back. And you know why we're back? Because we all want to believe that our lives matter. And they do. Why are we back? Because we all want to be successful. But here's the problem. It doesn't just happen. Just like this incredible creature called the human being didn't just happen. We didn't come from primordial ooze. There weren't Martian spores that came through the stratosphere that landed, and then three billion years later, they become some ooze that then started walking with legs, and then, oh my gosh, please, Man, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, people. Man, it takes a lot of faith for you people to believe that gunk. This is about success. Success. To laugh often and love much. To win the respect of intelligent persons and the affection of children. To earn the approbation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends. To appreciate beauty. To find the best in others. To give of oneself, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or redeemed social condition. To have played and laughed with enthusiasm, and sung with exaltation. To know even one life has breathed easier, because you have lived. This is to truly have succeeded. And see, you can't do that living for yourself. You can't do that destroying stuff. You need to have a standard. One of my favorite sayings, I'm not into the guy and a little bit new age and all that, but I love a good word put together. And it's called The Invitation by Oriah Mountain Dreamer. It's just so powerful. And this is really the mindset of most people, whether they realize or not. He says, it doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have touched the center of your own sorrow If you've been opened by life's betrayals or have become shriveled and closed from fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. I want to know if you can be with joy, mine or your own. If you can dance with wildness and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes without cautioning us to be careful, be realistic, or remembering the limitations of being human. It does not interest me if the story you are telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. If you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul. If you can be faithless. And therefore trustworthy. I want to know if you can see beauty even when it's not pretty every day. And if you can source your own life from its presence. I want to know if you can live with failure. Yours and mine. And still stand at the edge of the lake. And shout to the silver of the full moon. Yes! It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have or make. I want to know if you can get up after a night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone, and do what needs to be done to care for the children. It doesn't interest me who you know or how you came to be here. I want to know. If you will stand in the center of the fire with me and not shrink back. It does not interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when everything else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and truly like the company you keep. In those empty moments. You know the old saying is people don't care how much you know. Until they know how much you care. And when you care about people you put other people first. When you care about people you do your best not to be a stumbling block to your brother. When you care about people you hold your tongue. When you care about people you give understanding and mercy and grace. When you care about people... Maybe at 16 years old, you write out 110 rules of civility and decent behavior because someday you're going to be president of a breakaway republic of free men and free women who want to worship their own God. And you will need all this foundation to fight the good fight, 110 rules of civility by the time he was 16 years old, he wrote them out. I would suggest a lot of these were in his memory banks. Number 45, being to advise or reprehend anyone, consider whether it ought to be done in public or private presently or at some other time in what terms to do it. And in reproving, show no sign of choler, but do it with all sweetness and mildness. It's almost biblical. 56, associate yourself with men of good quality. If you esteem your own reputation, for it is better to be alone than in bad company. Number 57, in walking up and down in a house, only with one in company, if he be greater than yourself, at the first give him the right hand and stop, not till he does, but be not the first that turns. And when you turn, let it be your face towards him. If he be a man of great quality, walk not with him, cheek by jowl, but somewhat behind him. But yet in such a manner that he may easily speak to you. Wow. Number 59, ready for this? Never express anything unbecoming, nor act against the rules moral before your inferiors. Did you hear that? Not superiors. Inferiors. How about number 60? Be not immodest in urging your friends to discover a secret. Speak not of doleful things, 62, in a time of mirth or at the table. Speak not of melancholy things as death and wounds. And if others mention them, change if you can the discourse. Tell not your dreams, but your intimate friend. Number 63, ought to, a man ought to value himself of his achievements or rare qualities of wit, much less of his riches, virtue, or kindred. A man ought not to value himself based on his achievements, his giftings from God, basically, and his riches. Mm. See, that's what's different. That's what we used to believe. That's where great men and women grew up in, to humble themselves, to put the will of the many above their own will. When Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he took his friends to go pray with him, and he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to go through what he was going through, but he knew he was there on a mission. He fell to his knee and cried out, Daddy, Daddy, I don't want to do this. Please, I don't want to do this. If there's any other way, please, Daddy. But not my will be done, but thine. That's leadership. It's servant leadership. It's putting others before yourself. It's not thinking you're better than other people. It's holding your tongue. It's humbling yourself. It's giving good for bad. Did you hear what I said? It's giving good for bad. To give bad for bad is what the world does. To give bad for good is what Joe Biden's America does. But what are you doing? And why does it matter? Because people are watching. Because we're little machines. Because by the time a child is six years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place. Because if you raise up a child in the way of God, he will never depart. Why? Because it's bones. And now we got people going into our kids and putting the bones in them, teaching them how to be different. Yesterday's newspaper, California English teacher teaches kids grammar is part of white supremacy. Undermine that BS. An English teacher named Marta Schaefer said, I try to undermine that BS in my classroom as much as I can. So this is a tenured professor, a teacher, meaning she cannot be removed, meaning she could look up porn in her classroom and not be removed. That's what our teachers' union does. A self-identified, cringy California English teacher claims she combats white supremacy BS in her classroom by teaching students about the overemphasized importance of grammar. Right, we we should be able to talk ever want all the slang, all the swear words, all the cuss words, because that's who you are. Talk about a racist! This woman thinks that all black people can uh, talk in weird languages and have to swear all the time, and that's what she—that's her view of black people. Marta Schaefer, a tenured English teacher at Orville High School, began the year by teaching parts of linguistics as a way of fighting white supremacy in my classes. The goal was to be inclusive of all kinds of ways we use the language. According to Schaefer, expectation for students to use proper grammar and syntax is part of white supremacy culture. And she says, quote, I try to undermine that BS in my classroom every day as much as I can. Great. She's programming your kids. Isn't that great? She said we study linguistics and the rules that we actually use to communicate instead of the made-up rules of white supremacy that was created for when we write papers and stuff, which is what scholars call the language of power. The teacher raised... Uh, uh, praise students' academic essays for including AAVE. I didn't know this was anything. AAVE language. Ready for this? African American Vernacular English. So basically, whatever you want to say, I'll just ask you if it's okay. So you can say whatever you want. I'll just ask you if it's okay. But it's I don't have to say the right words. I can say whatever I want to say. A little bit in living color, I think. Ladies and gentlemen, how's it working for you? We're going down a weird path, and the vision tells me if we don't start doing something different, we're in big trouble, mister. I'm Black, and we'll be right back.
3: Leadership Awakening even impacts the season pros. Take a listen at these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings,
4: followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was gonna be, that it was gonna be difficult. I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows, I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness.
3: If you're ready to go to the next level of awareness, then go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, December 8th through the 10th.
0: Details at likeitmatters.net sightseeing in paris at the mall in bloomington or on horseback in dallas we're where you are listen to freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free odyssey app this radio station is free to listen to But there's a new bill in Congress that could force local radio to pay even more for playing the music owned by foreign record labels. If they have their way, it could stop the music, talk, and information. Please text the word LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio. This message furnished by Salem Media Group of Tampa and Sarasota and the NAB.
4: With the vast majority of media today leaning hard left, it can be tricky to find news that actually shares, let alone defends, a conservative viewpoint. Hotair.com provides analysis and commentary from conservative writers like Ed Morrissey. Hotair.com. Take a listen to this comparison of other
0: training to leadership awakening.
4: For probably two-thirds of my
2: Like It Matters, inspiration, education, application. I am Black. And, uh, man, I hope you can hear me because I'm getting ready to hit the road, driving out to Minneapolis-St. Paul to start class uh, in Minneapolis. Man, I'm excited about getting to Minneapolis, excited about the snow on the ground, excited about hanging out with the graduates, excited about next week I'll be in studio uh, from Tuesday to Friday, we'll do all of our shows live in studio. It's, I'm looking forward to it. But today, we're talking about how's that working for you. You know, what we've lost a lot in our belief systems, in our mental economy, is the understanding that we have a lot more control over what's happening in our lives. See, with all the victim mentality that's in America now, everybody's a victim except a white male. Uh, what happens is there's no personal responsibility anymore. We all want to talk about freedoms and rights, but we don't want to talk about responsibilities. Uh, And with freedom comes responsibility. Freedom without responsibility is really going to take away other people's freedoms. You see that right now in this country. Because if you're a a white Christian, uh, you are a threat to this country. Everybody else is a victim, and they'll give handouts to everybody else except that one group of people. And so you can get angry about it. You can get bitter. You can become like the haters. Or you can remind yourself who you are and why you're here. More importantly, you gotta remind yourself whose you are. You know, I I got this list here of 16 wildly successful people who overcame huge obstacles. You know, I grew up reading about people who life treated them fairly, who life should get an unnecessary roughness penalty, for they were treated poorly, they were abused, they were abandoned, they were homeless. But it was in that struggle that they found out who they were, is was in that struggle that they found God it was in that struggle that they met pain face on and realized that there's a lot of people out there in pain and they want to help them. But if everything that happens in your life that's not good is because you're black or because you're homosexual or because you identify as a different sex than what God made you, then you never have to ever get better at anything. Or if all your problems are because you're the middle child or all your problems because your mom left you, or your dad beat you, or whatever it was. I mean, it's trauma. It's injustice. It's unfair. And it it's it's unfair. It's, it's one of the pains of life. The Bible says God holds all our tears in his hands. But one day there'll not be any more tears, no more mourning. I long for that day. Thomas Edison felled a thousand times. Some people say 10,000 times before creating the... The light bulb. Bill Bill Gates failed in his first business. You know Vincent Van Gogh? Nowadays his paintings are millions of dollars. He sold one painting while he was alive. He painted 900 works of art while he was alive. He sold one painting. He died a pauper. Albert Einstein couldn't even speak until he was four years old. Mr. Black stuttered and had to have a speech coach because I couldn't talk a sentence without bumbling and bumbling and stuttering all over myself. Jay-Z couldn't get signed to any record labels. FDR, even though it was hidden from everybody, was partially paralyzed at 39. Simon Cowell had a failed record company. Oh, my gosh, And can go on read about uh, um, Abraham Lincoln. Oprah Winfrey, gave birth at 14, lost her child. Stephen King's first novel, rejected 30 times. I mean, go through a list. Harry Potter, right? The woman that wrote that. How many times was she rejected for the book? And now she's rejected by her own liberal followers because she's smarter to say, hey, guys, there's only two genders. What are you talking about? But even though she's woke on everything else except the science of gender, she's despised. See, what are you creating? We were made to create people. And what you're doing, your life right now, whether you like it or not, is really up to you. What are you doing with it? You can't control what happened to you, but you control what happens in you. See, we live in a time where we're told to keep a power to flesh, keep it a record wrong, log everything, go back five years, three years, two years, go back 20 years, go back 30 years. And if there's not enough pain in your life, Then let's go back 200 years, see what they did to people that look like you. That not enough pain, go back 500 years and let me remake history and make up a fake history, get you really angry about the color of your skin and how people treated people like you 500 years ago. Do you see how crazy that is? And still, and still, people do it. How's that working for you? We were made to create. And nowadays, there's just a bunch of gibberish. People are saying things that don't make sense. It's crazy. You, you know what I'm talking about. You know Mr. Bates? Yeah. We must yeah. internalize the flatulation
3: of the
4: matter by transmitting the effervescence
2: of the Indonesian proximity in order to further segregate the crux of my venereal infection. Now, I may retain my liquid here for one moment... I- See? You know what that's called, by the way? I, I just so not know. I wanted to play that because there's actually a term for that. I did not know that. Malapropism. I love words. Malapropism. We all make mistakes when we speak or write English. It's not an easy language. But when people accidentally misuse words in a way that ends up being comical, we call the result a malapropism. For example, Mike Tyson one time said, I'm fading into Bolivian. Should have been oblivion, right? It's cool. Malproposism comes from the French mal, a propose, meaning not appropriate. Ah, ah, that's very cool. Awesome. Yep. A colleague of ours once noted that she preferred decapitated coffee, right? <laughs> Remember Balky? Perfect strangers. Balky used to do this. That was one of his things. He was a foreigner, and he would do all these malpropisms, and they're hilarious. But people are doing it intentionally now, and you got to realize words create inside of you what are you holding on to what kind of words are you keeping we were made to create right in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth stop there our first introduction god is as creator and then 25 verses later i say this a lot you got to get it repetition message then god said let us make human beings in our image to be like us they will reign over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky the livestock All the wild animals on earth, the small things that scurry along the ground. In other words, we're going to make God a man in the God class. Imagers of God. And then it says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Thinketh. The Hebrew verb is found here only and means as he is all along in his heart, so is he in action. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, you are what you think. You can become what you think. Even Jesus said this. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery within his heart. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. So all this hatred, all this record keeping, all this pound of flesh taking, it is antichrist. See, what do you believe? When we're putting those beliefs in those little kids to teach them that if you're white, you're a racist. If you're white, you're a criminal. If you're black, you're a victim. If you're black, and yet there are schools now in Pennsylvania, other ones, that now are actually teaching that the black people that have black skin are a superior people than people that don't have black skin. Now, could you imagine teaching that about anything else, that white people are superior uh, to any other? Realize what, what you'd get? That school would be shut down. There would be funny. There would be the DOJ. Uh, uh, Merritt Garland would send uh, p- police SWAT teams in the middle of night to go through your underwear drawer. Right. You got to know the power of our belief systems. That's what's going on here, and this is what's getting what we want. There's something called the neurological levels. It's called the tree of change. It's uh, Robert Diltz talks about it. It's a brief history of logical levels. It's like a tree. This tree structure is a single identity is shaped by and reflected in a particular group of beliefs and values. See, so we have behavior, we have environment, we have capabilities, we have beliefs and values, we have identity level, and we have a spirit level. And the problem is you've got to be careful what you attach to your identity. And this is what you've got to know who you are. And when you know who you are, then the spirit level above that is whose you are. And once those two things are in place, everything else changes. But ladies and gentlemen, we gotta go back to basics. We gotta go back to values. We gotta go back to civility and manners, humble ourselves, put other people before us. Go back to what the word of God says. Keep it simple, soldier. Because if we keep doing what we're doing, you think the last three years have been bad. You ain't seen nothing yet. Because pe- people get ready, there's a train to coming. You don't need no money, but you do need a ticket to ride. And you know how you get that ticket? By giving heart, body, and soul, and understanding that you're here for a reason. And it's not about you, but it's about how you can be used to impact others. You're a leader. You're a warrior. You're a conduit. It's time to start acting like one. Because when you know who you are, then what to do is not as complicated. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does.
4: What keeps me going back is the great service that I get Well, I've been leasing cars from them for quite a few years. They always get me in, they get me out in a timely manner. Hello, this is Denise from West St. Paul. I've had routine service, mostly. The only time I ever have a different type of service is like if I get a nail in my tire. They got me in the same day. Then I was in and out of the dealership. They put me in a rental car, and I was on my way back to work on my lunch hour. I definitely would recommend Invergrove Hyundai. I mean, I don't want to get to know anyone else because of how they treat me. Top-notch service.
1: Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency. Knew all the government's